0: Hi, and thanks for listening to the Turtle Talks podcast, a podcast which will cover the comings and goings of the Happy Dancing Turtle Garden crew through the upcoming year. We'll cover topics ranging from planning your garden to putting your garden to bed. Now, to learn more about us, go to happydancingturtle.org. Now, let's get started. Yeah, people will judge that absolutely. Great. Yeah, you know, I didn't put any product in today, so uh, any <laughs> product, to, to
1: Justin,
0: <laughs> <laughs> little Justin. Um, <clears throat> all right. So if you're a regular subscriber to our podcast, um, we're you're going to notice that this uh, episode we're going to change it up a little bit, and throughout the summer months, we just uh, it's been. Super busy to be able to um, record and research and make sure that we're very thoroughly informed to, to make a podcast that, that that we like. So what we're going to do is we're going to focus on the garden update for for the next couple of months, simply because it's it's what we're doing: planting, weeding, harvesting, doing all that stuff, making sure that we're a number one doing, yeah, doing we what we to have to
1: do, what we need to do,
0: yeah, because there is a lot of work to do in the summer, as you guys probably know. So this is the inaugural episode of the garden appetizer your summer garden appetizer now you can always you can expect us twice a month still on schedule however we're going to focus mainly on what we've been doing in the garden we're not going to uh, um, stop talking about the things like soil health and permaculture and uh, and things that you've come to expect but we are going to talk mainly about the stuff uh, as as we weave in and out of what has been going on over the past couple of weeks on campus, this gives us a lot more ability. This is a larger ability to get our job done, number one, but kind of touch on a lot of different subjects at the same time. So, hopefully, um, you like this new format, and we'll see where it goes from there. And we'll go back to the normal format um, once October hits when we have a little more time when the garden's put to bed. So. First things first, I'll introduce myself. My name is Colin McLean. I work at the media here up at Happy Dancing Turtle and I'm joined with Jim Chamberlain, Dave Wilson, and Allison Ryan. And we're joined uh, on our first garden appetizer with our summer help. First week? This is your second week, isn't it? Yeah, Yeah, it's Brittany Gorgas and she started last week. Maybe you can tell us just a little bit about yourself and, you know, what you like working in the garden.
2: Um, I saw that they were hiring for a garden assistant and that's kind of how I spend my time. So I was just excited to join these guys and learn a little bit um, from them. So gardening is kind of one of my hobbies. I enjoy it all. So That's, that's kind of yeah. how I felt too when I applied <laughs> here. I thought, oh my gosh, somebody's going to pay me to garden. I can't yeah. believe it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Brittany is um, with us part-time. and. Mm-hmm mainly helping us with our csa and it's raining today and we're really glad to have her in our podcast maybe she'll be joining us for all of our garden updates she's doing a lot of the work <laughs> <laughs>
0: thanks
2: allison <laughs>
0: all right thanks Brittany. can't wait to hear uh, what you have to say um so um allison put together this uh, fantastic outline and we're just going to follow it here so we can keep on schedule here and not not meander a bit so <laughs> Let's. This we can all blame this on Allison, right? If this goes off. I can get
1: us off agenda. That's not a problem.
0: No problem. Yeah, Yeah, nothing can hold this guy, right? (laughs) Maybe we can talk a little bit about what you guys have been uh, harvesting in CSAs this last two CSAs. Mm -hmm. It it, has it just been lettuce? Seriously, has it or has it been much other stuff? You know.
3: Yeah, for the uh, past two weeks we've been harvesting romaine lettuce, green onions, and there's been asparagus popping up. Um, so the asparagus has been, uh, doing really well lately and, um, now we're just starting to get some, some mushrooms in the CSA. Man, so, mm-hmm. uh, that's awesome. Yep. Everything's looking up and we're just waiting for that other stuff to start growing.
0: Now I heard that asparagus takes a while to, 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 to become harvestable. Is that true? I mean, it's not, you just don't put it in like the next, and then the next couple of weeks it comes up. It's, it takes years, doesn't it?
1: Um, yeah, it's a. It's a three-year process to get uh, an asparagus bed fully established. So usually after the, s- the second year, usually you can harvest some, and then the third year you can start harvesting pretty heavy. Nice. And nice. then a good asparagus patch should last at least 30 years. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I just put uh, garlic and, and butter in mine and then just roll it up in the, uh put it in the oven. That, that's how I eat my asparagus. Do you guys oh, have any special nice. recipes you like? In foil, you mean? Yeah. What did I foil? say? Yeah, yeah, roll, roll you said roll, in it, in it, the... up roll it up. I roll it up. Butter. Yeah, yeah. Didn't, just, we didn't okay. know what
2: you were rolling it in.
0: Paper. Corn on the cob. Corn on the cob. Yeah, right. No, that's that's my favorite.
1: I just yeah. like it grilled. Yeah. Yeah,
2: yeah. that's all I do is grill it. We grill it, or we make a lot of roasted potatoes at home. So if you've got asparagus, you throw those on top of your potatoes the last ten minutes.
0: Can't go wrong with that. Actually, just plain, right? Doesn't even yeah. need much. Mm-hmm. It, that yeah, tastes really to, good. I used to eat it raw all the time, right out of the garden. A little chewy,
1: isn't it? Uh, no, well, know, the younger yeah. The yeah, shoots are nice fresh and tender. T- yeah. yeah. Of course, if you it's work in the garden good. all the time, you just eat the best. You just eat the top two, three inches. Yeah, that's kind of a perk, huh? Cool, cool.
0: Well, have you done anything, any um, landscaping? I know you've probably seen you guys, well, I've seen some of the crew out there on the lawnmowers, mowers. Uh, but mm-hmm. do anything, anything ex- uh, else? Uh, we've been planting a lot of flowers for pollinators and so do, you, do you, put those in like, um, side beds or do you put them right in with the, the harvestable?
3: Uh, um, actually a little of both. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we, we've got, um, some little side areas that we like to fill up with. Um, berms and stuff, and, I suppose. And, um, mm-hmm. sometimes on the ends of our raised beds, we, we put flowers or just
1: kind tr- wherever. Some of the trellises and stuff. Yep.
2: Mm-hmm. flowers are good companions for vegetables that not only do they attract pollinators but they attract um, some predator insects if you have some pest problems or um, <laughs> people say that they can help keep wildlife away although the only way I keep rabbits out of my garden is with a fence I shotgun <laughs> <laughs> yeah
1: Woo! before it wakes up touch it gently you want it
3: feeling completely calm so you can hold it in your palm and help it grow just like it was born to be come, 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 whoa whoa
0: whoa i see that you wrote in here allison something about succession planting with the carrots maybe you can talk a little bit about that um
2: we have um big section of the garden set aside for carrots because we try to get in carrots in every CSA once once they're ready. Um, how many are we trying to seed? Like every two um, weeks we're seeding about 150 carrots? Yeah, uh, 150 whoa. to 200 carrots? Yep.
3: Uh, for our CSAs, depending on the um, size of the share, They either have a half share or a full share. And the um, uh, half shares usually get four nice carrots and And the full shares usually get six nice carrots. So, so that's how we split it up. But, and same with green onions, this is, so things like that, we have to seed uh, about 150 every week to start out. And then as they start growing, we can kind of go to every other week.
2: Um, and then once, uh, once we clear out some of the spring produce in the hoop house, we'll plant storage carrots, Mm. which will be for, um, storing in the root cellar over the winter for the kitchen to use, um, last year. We stored enough carrots to get the kitchen through to the first week of April,
0: piece,
2: yeah. April, the first week of April, I think.
0: I remember mm-hmm. last year, it was a bumper crop though, yeah. wasn't it? I mean, is that normal?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, we do that every year, yeah. I think. Yeah? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Keep that mm-hmm. much through. Yeah. But if you plant them too early, then they ripen in the garden before your root cellar's cooled down. So we usually plant um, our last storage carrots in July, usually the second week in July. And that gives them enough time to ripen by September mm. mm-hmm. so that we can.
0: Yep. Mm-hmm. When does when the first frost usually hit around here? That's end of September? It's so hard to tell. It's, right? just, it's right? hard to it tell. Depends, the, yeah. yeah, the changing
1: mm-hmm. climate, I suppose. Yep. Mm-hmm. It used to, They used to always say September 15th was kind of your date. Don't plan on anything past that. But we've gone mm-hmm. into October now without a frost. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, geez, thanks. Oh,
0: man, you guys 150 <laughs> carats a week. That's, that's <laughs> nuts. Yep. <laughs> Um, so, so you've planted and, 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 harvested and everything. It's probably hasn't been, you know, every single plant has been perfectly, you know, done, you know, matured to what you like, no bites anywhere, no pests <laughs> anywhere. It's been pretty easy, right guys? Or is that not the case? <clears throat> not exactly. No? Not exactly. We have
3: had, uh, um, horrible problems this year with cutworms. And, um, I don't think it's just, um, our campus cause I've talked to, Quite a few people, and they've uh, all have all have experienced uh, some nasty cutworms this spring. But um, I, 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 lately, um, actually, it seems like they are starting to slow down now. I, actually, but we we were um, having to reseed a lot of things, uh, like our cucumbers. Um, we had three really nice, I don't know, forty foot rows of, yeah. uh, of cucumbers and. And they were all, each one was coming up really nice. And uh, after a weekend, we came back to work on a Monday and there was only like (laughs) three uh, cucumbers left. That's what you want to see Monday morning at that, right? All your hard work. So so we took um, some diatomaceous earth and we just kind of scratched the ground up around it and sprinkled the diatomaceous earth down and and then kind of covered that um, back up with the rice hulls that... Um, we used for mulch, mm-hmm. yeah. so, so we did find a lot of the cutworms laying just right under the mulch.
2: The the diatomaceous earth is rough, and it gives them like microscopic cuts mm-hmm. on the soft bodied insects, so they die from dehydration or whatever it is that sure. causes them to die. So infection, infection, yeah, because they get cuts in the bacteria
1: gets
0: yeah. In there, I'm sure. So
2: yeah. sprinkling some diatomaceous earth around.
0: You can just get mm-hmm. that at a uh, hardware store or something, or do you have to order that special? You can get that at the hardware store, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Just get in it locally? Greenhouse. All right. Well, I mean, so you got the the small stuff. Any of the big stuff? Any <laughs> gophers or anything out there? Or? The, Always gophers.
1: The, Always <laughs> gophers. Yeah,
2: the pocket gophers. Um, actually, I don't think we've seen as many mounds as we did last no, year. not yet. Um, I haven't seen that 13-striped ground squirrel, though. Uh, quite a bit. And you can find their holes too. They don't look like gopher holes. And the...
0: uh, Is that what it's called? A 13-stripe ground squirrel?
2: Yeah. The thing about the the ground squirrels is they're omnivorous. So that means they eat both animal Mm -hmm. and and, uh, plant material. So they eat insects, including cutworms. Awesome. And other pests.
0: Keep them there, right?
2: But they also eat roots and vegetables.
1: <laughs> they <laughs> so eat, They eat your peas, too. And, and, that's that's and the it's, price, it's right? And it's really
2: possible they ate some of the peas because they didn't really look like cutworms. And we also lost a whole bed of carrots. And we couldn't figure out why we lost that whole bed of carrots. Maybe yeah. it was the the, gof- the, the squirrel. Don't know. For mm-hmm. sure. So a fence isn't so, going to keep those out. They're no. they're too small, they I would dig, make, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. and they're little. They're, they're they go underneath. Okay. They're kind of like a chipmunk. That's so annoying. that's that's a tricky one, but we don't we don't do anything really to deter those. We trap the gophers, but.
0: Pocket gophers.
2: The pocket gophers. Yeah, the
0: pocket gophers, yeah. now, you said that the the the, the crew found uh, just kind of a pretty vicious looking predator <laughs> out in the the. the, the, the the, the garden was that last week or
3: that, that was last week yeah, yeah. tell us what uh, happened well uh um our junior crew was out uh mulching um our three sisters which is the corns beans and squash mm-hmm. and um, uh, they walked upon a massive turtle and, and they weren't exactly sure what it was so they came and got me and I Saw it right away, and I told him that that was a big snapping turtle. You stay away. So, yeah. <laughs> so I had a shovel in my hand, and I put it kind of right in front of its face, and, and it snapped at it like I knew it would, you know, just to show him the action of what a snapping turtle does and not to get too close. So um, uh, so we, we ended up scooping it up uh, on the end of the shovel, <laughs> and, and we carried it across the gardens, um, and we let it go on the other side of the
0: fence. Sure. He was pretty indignant (laughs) the whole time, right? (laughs)
3: uh, We had to take turns. It was pretty heavy. Yeah. So, um, yeah, they're out and about laying eggs. So it's, uh, that time of year we've been seeing, um, some painted turtles and, and now a snapping turtle, which we named him or her, I should
0: say, um, Named her Bowser.
3: Perfect. Yeah, that <laughs> works, yeah. So
0: I don't know. Maybe we should you know take one of them and keep them as a mascot. Speaking of mascots, you know. Uh sure. HGT Garden should have a turtle, right? <laughs> <You know. laughs> because
1: yeah. <laughs> <on> <laughs> <side. laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> everything is like a dream, yeah, but only in that dream that I live in. Oh don't.
0: I mean, you guys have been out in the garden a lot, but uh, is, is there uh, have you had any, um, any, any tours or anything come by recently? That, any, anybody of note that you want to talk
1: about? Um, last Friday, we had Lois Braun with the um, University of Minnesota stop by to talk about hazelnuts. That was kind of fun. Um, she's been doing research over at the Central East College campus in Staples for quite a few years now. They got some research trials on hazelnuts over there that have been ongoing for 20 years or more. So yeah, she stopped by to look at our site as a possible um, additional research site for some of her work. Mm -hmm. Um, Working on the hybrid hazelnut, the cross between the European filbert and the the American hazelnut, trying to increase the productivity of the American hazelnut and develop a marketable crop. The filbert isn't hardy in our region, um, and it's it's susceptible to the hazelnut, the American hazelnut blight. So the idea is that by crossing the filbert and the American hazelnut, you will increase the productivity of the American hazelnut, uh, bigger nuts, less shell, um, and more product productive. Now, Allison,
0: I I know you've been spearheading this uh, survey project for a couple of weeks now, a little over and you've been putting it together for more than that, but maybe you can tell the listeners a little bit about the shady Chicken project and what you're looking for in terms of uh, answers.
2: Sure, uh, the Shady Chicken Project is an effort to bring chickens here on campus as part of our demonstration. Our as part of our demonstration farm, um, the chickens evolved as forest creatures, so to allow them to express their full chickenness. <laughs> They want to be under tall perennial crops to provide them shade and shelter. And and then they forage under those crops for grasses or grains and seeds and and insects. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: Um, This this concept is modeled after the Main Street Project in Northfield. We went for a tour there last fall and um, are just really motivated and passionate about bringing chickens here in a sustainable way that could provide healthy food to the community and maybe a little bit of income for, um, for the garden. The survey for the shady chicken project, the what? Shady chicken project. Okay, Thank you. I have to put on my best Minnesotan for my shady chicken project. (laughs) Gotcha. So we have a survey. It's on our Facebook page. It is on our website. And I have um, been putting it out to different groups in the area through email and just community connections. We want to know what the community wants. Are we going to raise meat birds or egg layers? Mm-hmm. And how much can we sell our product for? And how much of our product are we going to be able to sell in this area? Um if you are interested in sustainably grown, economic, and environmentally responsible chicken products, please take the Shady Chicken Survey.
0: I'll put the, uh, the, the website uh, in the notes on the, uh, on the podcast page, so you can just click right to it. The more answers we have, the better direction we know where to point this project. So uh, all answers are appreciated. Thank you. Um, and, and the
1: idea behind the Shady Chicken Project and, and the Main Street Project is is a chicken production. Uh, how do I say this? A chicken production method that that's sustainable, both economically and ecologically, and scalable and replicable. So, if somebody wanted um, one hundred thousand chickens per year, you would just figure out how many modules of these chicken units you need, and you you develop that, and, and you could provide. Uh, Burger King in the Midwest with all the chickens they need for their chicken nuggets or whatever. So. And you be done the, quote unquote, right way. Correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Well, we put chickens in a barn for a reason because everything likes to eat them, including us. So, <laughs> it's it's a challenge how you get them back out and and raise them the way they should be. Raised and evolved to 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 grow. So. Happy chickens taste better, isn't that right? Mm-hmm. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. yeah. All right, so we're nearing the end of the podcast here, um, but first I want to talk. A, ask the, the garden crew to talk a little bit about what they have planned for the next couple of days and see what they're going to do to keep them busy.
1: What are you guys doing? Waiting for the rain to stop. <laughs> you know, this morning, um, one of the residents on, on campus here, um, Kyle, is an avid gardener. He's been doing a lot of work in the south end of the campus there and on some of the gardens down there and trying to grow food. and was interested in compost tea so he came down and and um we mixed up i showed him how to mix up a simple batch of compost tea so that he could do that on his own um Brittany sat on that too so was it interesting or what did it smell bad what'd you think
2: uh it didn't smell bad I've, probably the most interesting part was the aerator mm-hmm. it's bubbling away now mm-hmm. Which is, yeah it's, it's exciting
1: yeah so we'll probably go out this afternoon maybe yet or tomorrow morning for sure and and spread the rest of the compost tea or spread that compost tea on the garden. Um, Other than that, um, later on this week, we got to take a look at our permaculture drop and chop. So we planted some of our beds this spring with in into um, tomatoes and brassicas and
2: Tomatillos.
1: Tomatillos and water? Pumpkins.
2: But basically, these are beds
1: that um, were in deep mulch last year, um, have quite a few weeds coming up on them, but we don't really want to till them. So we put plants in areas that were still heavily mulched with very few weeds, and we'll wait until the weeds start to flower, but before they set seed, and then we'll go out and chop them down with probably with the weed whip. And uh, do that this summer and see how it turns out. I guess
0: maybe you can explain to me why it's called a chop and drop.
1: Well, the idea is that if you're into subtle energies, the idea is that these plants, and it makes sense from a a physiological standpoint for the plants too, when the plants are setting their fruit, when they're flowering, and when they start to set fruit, that is the maximum, that is the time when the maximum amount of energy is in the top part of the plant. And the least amount of energy is in the root. Okay. So if you cut it at that time, not only do you inhibit the regrowth of the plant the most you can, because all that energy is out of the root, you also have all the energy stored in the plant. And if you just lay that plant down on the ground as as mulch, then it helps to provide mulch for the plant and suppress weeds, but also has that that those nutrients stored in the plant to be mm-hmm. absorbed back into the Soil through the microbial process through microbes and decomposition.
0: All right, well, that's it for this uh, episode. If you have any questions, please let us know at info at happydancingturtle.org. And if if you want to learn more about us, you can always go to our website, uh, happydancingturtle.org. Geez, we really appreciate it when you listen. Um, Check for us next week. Check for us every two weeks.
2: Every two weeks. Just subscribe, and it'll pop up. On it'll your pop phone, right, right up.
0: Uh, make sure you subscribe, and that'll give you uh, notifications and when we uh, publish. Uh, thanks again. Have a wonderful day.
1: That works. What is it today. Change up every time.